Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It's great to be with you for episode 35, Six Things to Consider When Choosing Where to Take Your ACT. My goal is to give practical tips to help increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. Students often pick their testing locations strictly on location, just where it's at and how close it is. But there are six key factors you should consider to find the best test center for you. In this episode, I'm gonna go through those six and I'm gonna talk about some of my experiences testing, some of the different places that I tested and why I liked some better than others. And then we'll discuss how you need to make those same considerations to see if you can find the best test center for you. Well, before we get into that, Today I was, uh, I'm recording this the day before it's released, and so today I was in Clarksville, Arkansas, teaching at Clarksville High School. Always love going there, and tomorrow I'll be at Tuttle High School in Tuttle, Oklahoma, and then Friday I'll be at Dixon High School in Oklahoma, and then just cruising on from there. Next week I'm going to be in Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas, a lot of different classes coming up, and so you can get on calendar.chatcorgo.com to see all of those. And then coming up on October 22nd is our last chance prep workout. And it is where I will go through those last minute things that you must make sure you know and are ready for that test that is going to take place on October 24th. So you can sign up for that on academy.chadcargo.com if you would like to be part of that. It'll be an interactive crowdcast session with me where you can ask, ask all your last minute questions and get that help you need to make sure... You're maximizing your opportunities on that test and those scores. All right. So we're going to start now with our six key things you must consider when choosing where to take the ACT. So most students, when you register for the ACT, you pull up that, you get to that point where you're going to select your test center and you're going to say, hey, give me all available test centers within 30 miles or whatever you do. And it's going to pull up that list And most people are going to pick one that is close. So, you know, you don't want to simply do that based on location, distance, whatever. You want to consider a lot of different factors. Now, the first factor is probably the obvious in that, yes, local would be better. We don't want to have super long drives on ACT morning. We want to be as local as we can. Certainly, if your high school is offering the ACT, I would take it at your high school. That would be my number one pick every single time. But that may not be the case, and so you may need to go to a surrounding school or one that is relatively close. So I do think local is a good like first consideration because, again, we don't want to be making long trips. Now, I think it's also important that you look at your calendar and you see if you have games or tournaments or activities or whatever that might take you out of town. So, you know, sometimes people will register for an ACT. You pick that school that's right by your hometown. And then you look at that calendar and you're like, oh my gosh, we have that soccer tournament that weekend. And maybe your club team is playing, you know, in another state or something. And you got to pick one in that area. So just think that through that way. You're not having to pay test change fees and all that. You already pay enough to ACT. You don't need to pay them any extra. Okay. Or having to cancel those or whatever. So that is obviously the first consideration. Now, the second thing to consider 
is at the test center that you are choosing, what do you think the potential number of test takers might be? Let me tell you why this is important. When I took my 18 ACTs in high school, I took them at a lot of different locations. I mean, I had national tests that were at my high school that were at colleges. I took them at multiple colleges. I had them at tech centers. I took them all over. And because I took them at so many places, I had certain schools that were my favorites and ones that I did not like. And part of that, I wanna share with you in here. The number of test takers was one of my main issues that I had. So I remember I thought it would be a great idea to take an ACT at the University of Oklahoma. I'm not quite sure why I thought that, but I thought, you know, uh, I'd like to go down to OU. I get to see campus. I'm going to do an ACT at OU. Well, that ended up being a terrible decision. First of all, you have parking issues. Secondly, you got to find the building. Uh, And, you know, I mean, it's not like you just drive up and boom, there's the building. I mean, it, this takes a little bit, uh, you know, of forethought and you got to kind of figure this out. And so then I go in to take it. There are a million students because obviously everybody else thought it'd be a great idea to go to OU to take a residual or a, 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 a national ACT. And so I remember we you know, your ACT usually starts about eight o'clock. And I remember it was after nine o'clock before we even started. And I got out of that ACT later than any test of all my 18. It was horrible. I hated it. There were a million students there. And so if you have a way of estimating the number of test takers, that would probably be a good indicator if they're going to efficiently get you in, get you started and get you out of there. I was talking with uh, my brother and who was uh, a guest on one of the podcast uh, episodes earlier. And one, one thing they did, they went to Oklahoma Christian, which is in Edmond, Oklahoma, and uh, Jackson took one of his there. And he was telling me that it was so small. It was awesome. I mean, they just went right to the place. They, uh, there was hardly any test takers there. And we were talking about why. And like Lance said, he said that probably the number one reason why is because There's three large high schools in Edmond and all three were test center hosts. So we had three large high schools. Then we had the University of Central Oklahoma, which was in Edmond, and we had Oklahoma Christian, which was in Edmond. And that didn't count the surrounding schools. So there were so many test centers there that it diluted the number per test center. And so it was very efficient. So if you can look at that and say, hey, this school is isolated, um, you know, like, man, this is a large town and there's a million small towns around it. And this is the only test center in that area. You know, they have, they have the potential of being, having a lot of test takers, which means your day may not be very efficient. So definitely if you have a way of estimating that, or maybe you could find that out, that would be a great thing to know. Now, the third one is test administrators. I had my two oldest took the majority of their ACTs at a high school that is about, oh, it's probably 10, 15 minutes from my house. But there there were others that were closer, but we didn't take them there. And people say, well, why did you go over there to that high school and take it? Well, the reason why is the counselor at that high school is friends of our family. And so I knew her. And I knew how she administered the ACT. I knew it would be handled correctly. I knew how they checked students in. 
And I knew basically what their testing environment was like. I trusted them. And so I like choosing testing centers where you know the administrators. Here's another reason why that's really good because you can always contact them. There's nothing wrong with calling that school and talking to the person who administers the ACT. If it's a counselor, ask a couple questions. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So if you know the test administrators, it can help you. That is another reason why I've always said, if you can take the ACT at your high school, definitely do it. Why? Because the lady standing in front of you who is saying, we are now being in English, you have 45 minutes, redirect, share, you know her and your test anxiety will drop. I think that it's pretty intimidating going to a different school, being surrounded by people you don't know, setting in an environment you're not comfortable with, and then having a person up there who starts basically, you're wondering if they're going to chop off an index finger if they perceive you're cheating. So I think that, you know, if you can have some level of comfort with the test administrators, that can be a really, really good thing. So if you know who's going to be the administrator, I think you can help. And this again, the, there's nothing wrong with a phone call. Say, hey, I'm, I'm registered to take the AC there. Um, you know, want to get some information or, you know, talk to you, whatever. I think that's fair. And we'll talk about a couple more questions that you want to ask if you make that call. The fourth consideration is the testing setup. So I've been asked why I took so many ACTs at the tech centers. Well, I loved the tech center that was nearest to my town, I loved to take the ACT there when they offered it. And here was the main reason why. Each chair, so it was a big conference kind of setting classroom, an elevated classroom conference style setting. And it was long tables with, and, and, and each chair was kind of a pivoting rocking style chair. And so I loved that because I could get in that chair and I knew I was gonna be able to move a little bit. And then I had this table where I could kind of spread out. Now I'm left-handed, I write left-handed. And uh, now, uh, you know, I, I know ACT is required for left-handed testers to, re to provide you a left-handed desk. I hate left-handed desk because when I was in elementary school, nobody provided left-handed desks for left-handed riders. Back then, uh, that, that's why you see so many people my age who ride upside down. Because it's like, oh my gosh, and they had to learn to ride upside down. Well, not me. I turned sideways in my desk. So all of a sudden, my desk, I just sat sideways in it, and I lay my left arm across the actual main riding area, and I ride. Well, that, it still gets a little small when I slide it around. And frankly, I, I was always a little bit on edge about that because test administrators didn't like me sitting sideways in my chair during an ACT. They wanted me to face forward. So I love taking the test at a test center where I had a table instead of a desk. I just love that because I could spread out a little bit and I didn't have to worry about sitting sideways or whatever. So if you can find out if your testing center, if that testing center has tables, that can be very beneficial. Now I know some testing centers do these in their cafeterias. My freshman year of high school, my high school, Hera High School offered the ACT. And yes, they gave it in the cafeteria. Now, let me tell you why I loved taking the ACT at my high school in the cafeteria. Because our cafeteria, yes, it had long tables, but they weren't the discs. You know, a lot of these 
cafeteria tables. You got these little round discs. Whoever invented that, by the way, uh, come on, man. Nobody sits on a disc. I mean, let's go. No, good grief. And then you expect us to be able to think on an ACT sitting on a disc for three hours? Please. Anyway, but at Hera, we had actual chairs. And I loved it because I could sit in my chair at my table, spread out, and... I knew the person administering the test because it was my counselor and my test anxiety went way down and I was, you know, I, I knew where I was at. I just loved that. So I was, a, uh, I was always trying to register for ACTs in places where we had tables and chairs. Now, I did take the test at Oklahoma Baptist a few times and they put us in a room with these really, really small wooden desk. I, I have said for many years, I guarantee you there were carvings from the second world war on those desks. It was that old. And we were right up against the next person. I'll never forget the girl in front of me who had the longest hair in the whole world. And, uh, her hair was all over my stinking test. And I mean, you know, by science, she's tired too. And she starts throwing her hair all over my stinking desk. And I, I, it's literally covering up my work. And I was, anyway, I was so mad about that, but, uh, you know, she was tired too. And anyway, so, uh, Look, I, I like if you can find out what the environment's going to be and that they're going to indeed use the spacing, which crud during COVID right now. I mean, they're, they're going to have you some spaced out in there. You're going to wonder if you're sitting there by yourself. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I, if you can figure out what the testing setup's going to be, try to pick a test environment that's a good fit for you. And again, I don't want to be in a cafeteria on discs. I would much rather be at a table rather than a desk and chairs. All right, so now the fifth thing to consider is the calculator rule enforcement. All right, so if you have not listened to the episode I did on calculators, you need to do that, okay? Go to podcast.chadcargill.com. You want the episode that says, what are the calculator rules this week? It is the episode where I tell you how stupid the calculator rules are And I read the 10 calculator rules that ACT has on their site right now, which who knows, they may change. I don't know, but it's episode 24. Go to podcast.chatcroger.com slash 24, and you will be able to listen to that episode, Calculators, What Are the Rules This Week? Well, in that episode, I tell you that test administrators don't enforce this evenly. They enforce this a lot of different ways. So if you can find out how that test center enforces the rules, you've got a big advantage. For example, there are a few test centers who delete the memory of your calculators, even though the rule book tells them not to. So if you can find that out beforehand, you don't want to take the test there. Most test centers check to see if it's a legal calculator and you go test and then you govern the rule yourself. That's the way the rule book is written. And that's, what I would do, I would try to find a test center does that. And that's part of that phone call. Say, Hey, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you about the ACT. Can you tell me, um, you know, like what the setup is at your school? Will we be at tables or will we be at desk? And can you tell me how you enforce calculator rules? That would be a fair question. If you can get that information beforehand, that can help you. Definitely. If you're taking it at your school, ask your counselor, ask the test administrator, how are you going to enforce the calculator rules? I want to make sure I know, make sure that what I do is legal. And then if they say, well, look, we're going to delete your memory. Well, now you got time to show them the rule book and go, wait a minute, this doesn't say to delete it. And I'm going to have stuff in my calculator that fits the rule. I'm not going to cheat. 
And then you have time to make sure you work all that out. Okay. So I, I would love to be able to know how they're going to define the calculator rules or interpret the calculator rules, I should say, and how they're going to enforce them. So that would be the fifth consideration if you're able to determine it before you register. Now, the sixth one is simply your familiarity with the school. The last thing I would ever want you to do is to take an AC, sign up for some school that's somewhere around you. And then the morning of the ACT, you're driving to that school for the first time. You have no idea where you're going. Then you got to figure out which building you're supposed to go into. And you, you, you don't, you don't know anything about it. You don't know anyone there. You don't. So familiarity with the school is key. And I addressed this in the episode I did on ways to reduce test anxiety. You really need to consider everything you can do to reduce your test anxiety. I, I, I've said many times the number one reason why good students score poorly on an ACT is because of test anxiety. So episode six, seven ways to reduce test anxiety on the ACT. That would be a great episode to listen to before you go take your ACT. You want to get that test anxiety down. So go back and listen to episode six. It can help you. And the familiarity with the school, I even talk about if you're taking the test at a school that you've never been to, I would drive there beforehand. And I know it may be a little bit out of your way, but listen, there's a lot at stake on ACTs and I don't want to try to figure it out the week of the, or the, the, the morning of the test. I would rather earlier that week, go find that school, find where it's at and make sure I'm comfortable. Make sure I know where to go in. And listen, that's part of that phone call. Okay. Uh, which door will we be entering? Which building do I go to? Where do I park? That's a great thing to find out before you go. So I, I would summarize all of this by saying, yes, some of this may be overkill. And you may be listening going, yeah, I don't really need to do all that. That's fine. But I would say this, the fact that you consider these six factors puts you way ahead of everyone. Because most are not going to consider these kinds of things. And if you can think about this stuff in advance, something as simple as making sure you know where you're going, knowing the calculator rule enforcement and how it's going to be interpreted, knowing the test administrator, knowing if they're going to be efficient, get you in, get you out, knowing the testing setup, stuff like that can reduce anxiety and it can set you up for success. And look, I want you to have every opportunity you can to raise your scores, qualify for college, avoid zero level classes, win those scholarships. We know how much we need that money and the difference in one point can make a huge difference in money. So I don't want to take a chance of just going willy nilly, pick somewhere and see what happens. Too much at stake. Consider these factors and I think it can really help you. Well, if you enjoy this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would take a few moments and leave a review. If you would do that for me, it would mean the world and, and it would really help this podcast. That's the way the rankings and a lot of things get set on when people like uh, people search on Apple Podcasts, for example, for a podcast about a topic. 
the ones that have the reviews and the stars, they get pushed to the top. And it would really help if you would just take a moment to leave a review. You can do that on whatever podcast app you're listening to, Apple Podcast. Um, click that five star, leave a short review. It can just be a few comments. And I would love to read those. So if you if you leave your name on that, you can put what school your kid goes to or you go to or whatever. And I would love to read that on one of these episodes and uh, give a shout out to your high school. So feel free to do that. Now, all of my classes are on calendar.chadcargo.com. Go to my calendar and you'll see those. If I don't have a class coming to you, contact our office. My assistant is Penny. She's there every day, uh, 405-454-3233. Give Penny a call and let's get a class set up. And listen, it's not a big deal. I drive all over the country. So all through the Midwest, and I would love to figure out a way to come to you. We can even do virtual classes. I gave a virtual class this week, and it was outstanding. We did it through Crowdcast, which is just a great platform. So we had a lot of interaction. We had the chat going, the questions going, the polls going. Um, you know, it was, it was great. I was able to share my screen to the notes. I'm putting links to the podcast episodes. I'm like, okay, here's this point today. And oh yeah, that's this episode. Here's the link to it. Click here. Uh, a lot of good things there. So if you want to do a virtual one, we can even do that. That would be great. So just contact our office and we'll make sure we get that going. If you are a teacher listening to this and you would like me to do a faculty training workshop for your school, we can do that. Uh, this week we scheduled, I think, four faculty workshops and I'd love to do one for your school as well. And same thing, we can do it virtual or we can do it local. Those are two hour classes. And again, you can just call our office and Penny will get that worked out for you. And we can do those for your school alone or multi-school. So that is how you can get a class scheduled. Again, go to academy.chadcargo.com, get signed up for the last chance prep workout on October 22nd. Um, you can sign up for that and hopefully uh, you'll be ready to go kill it on that test. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. We've got fall break coming up. Man, it's getting cooler. I'm pretty pumped. I'm uh, been doing a lot of work out in the orchard, getting some, uh, I don't know, trying to get some last minute plants established this fall before we uh, go into the dormant season. And uh, man, we, uh, we picked a, uh, a pomegranate today from our, from our Russian pomegranate tree. I have a Savalatsky, I think I said that right, uh, pomegranate. So we picked one of those today, fully ripe, unbelievable. My son Camden said it is now his new favorite fruit. Uh, my favorite fruit uh, by a mile is a gooseberry. If you have not had a gooseberry, now's the time. Plant gooseberries, they're incredible. The outside skin tastes like a cranberry, the inside like applesauce, and it is heaven. So get you some gooseberries, or better yet, come see me on the farm, and I'll, uh, I'll let you taste uh, some gooseberries and different uh, fruits here. So, All right, well, that'll do it. Thank you guys again for listening, and I hope you have a great week. I'll be back with you again next week and talk to you soon.